0: Our very own wild panther, Mark Geyer, released a biography back in 1994. Obviously, he must have had some help writing it. The guy can barely read.
1: Now, 28 years later,
0: a lot has happened since. And now, it's a podcast. Welcome to Rugby League Rebel, Part 2, the Mark Geyer story. Don't worry, MG, there's no writing involved this time.
1: To quote, boys to men, MG, now we have come to the end of the road. This is it, the final (laughs) episode of Rugby League Rebel 2. The uh, rebellion continues. We picked up where your book left off in 1994. You'd had 27 years on this earth. You'd played State of Origin. You'd won a comp with your beloved Penrith Panthers, and you'd started a family, and now here we are 27 years later. You're 54 years of age. And as we learnt in the last episode, you've actually had a media career that has outlasted um, your rugby league playing career. As we are going to talk about what comes next for you, but as you look back on that, uh, are you proud of yourself?
0: Oh, look, it, of course, I, I, I never, I never say to myself, "Oh, I'm proud of you," you know, pump my own tyres up. But I look, no. back, I look back with fondness. I look back and, and what I what I have done in my life. Um, you know, from being a the oldest of four kids to a sixteen-year-old mum who lived in a fibro shack at Mount Druitt, um, yeah, to where I where I ended up, here I am now. You know, with five beautiful kids and um, a, a, a career in, in in the media that I never thought I'd have. You know, honestly, I didn't think it, if you said mm. to me in nineteen ninety eight or whatever when I went back to Penrith, oh, guess what? In a couple of years' time, you're going to be you know, have a 20-year um, career in, in radio or in TV, I'd say, no. Nope. <laughs> but, yeah, I, 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 suppose, I suppose pride is a good word to use. I'm, I, I, I show a lot of pride in everything I do. Um, I, I will say this, that the rugby league part of it was probably easier than the media part of it. I think that the rugby league part came a lot more natural to me. I, I was always, you know, I was a, always a good athlete as a kid. Um, good cricketer, you know, good basketballer, good rugby league player, good swimmer, um, good at little, little athletics. So I, I was always going to do something as far as sport goes because um, I, I I loved it so much. Um, and at 16, I had to make a decision on cricket or, or rugby league. You know, I, I started to get really good at cricket and I was a good left-arm bowler and played Green Shield at uh, Petersham. And and then the year later, I got, so that same year, I made Penrith's, um, you know, under twenty three side, so that was it was rugby league I took, and but yeah, I look I look back and I think I think out of a guy who um was you know one of them, I wasn't I was pretty pretty smart I, was, I wasn't really street wise growing up because I was a bit naive, Um but I I think I'm really street wise now I can spot a lot of things that a lot of other people can't spot and and one of them one of them I've learnt to implement into my life is to be transparent nine times out of 10, when you've got to to be transparent. And sometimes, you know, that 1%, you've got to just hold back and not be too overt. But um, I've learned that as I get older, the the more honest you are, the better things happen to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I used to do things as a young guy that were wrong, I would hide behind them and say, no, I didn't do that. No, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. But as soon as I got older and I realized that as soon as you say it was you, the healing process begins that instant, that second. So, if I had any advice to give anyone who's listening to this podcast who may find themselves in a bit of froth and bubble, admit it, admit it, and get on with life. You know, because I've had a few things happen to me over my life where I've just hid behind a, a mushroom and said it wasn't me, and it just dragged on and dragged on and caused a lot of people pain. And you should. So as soon as I, as soon as I said it was me, I've done it. It's the the healing process begins.
1: I asked you if you're proud because I I think you should be proud of of the life you've lived. And as we talk about, I mean, you you've just explained that that sport came easy to you. It didn't mean you didn't work hard, but it, well, you found it easier than what you've now gone on to do in media. Obviously, your mm. family, who we've spoken to in this series, um, that is the main source of pride in your life. The pr- predominant, you know, wife Meegs and the and the five kids, but. Interestingly, and what some people might know is, you've actually already started the third act in terms of your your career, and and that is your your gym, which is now a family business with your your eldest Loges and and Montana involved as well.
0: Yeah, you're right. I, I it's again something I never thought I'd do. I was never the one who was you know last in the gym, or you know, or first in the gym. I never, I was never a gym junkie, so to speak. Um, but when I finished playing at Penrith, as um, and I should have probably touched on this with Royce because Royce was the reason that I hung around, and um, I, I was the forwards coach for 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 twelve months, and then I used the I used to use their facilities to do some some training, and and then I used to train with a couple of young blokes who were referees. Uh, one of them happened to be Grant Atkins, who is the first grade referee today. Um, he was one of the young guys I used to train, and um, that was. When I really started to really realise I love working out, I loved I loved training. I loved so. In about two thousand fourteen, um, I, I, I was sick of going to gyms. I, I, I'd been to a, I had a gym membership since I retired from footy for about a dozen years, but I was it was getting tedious, you know, going to gyms. So I in about two thousand and twelve, I set up my own stuff. I had a spare room in my house. So I put a treadmill in there. I put a bench press. I put a stationary bike and. Me and a mate, me and one mate started working out in my gym. Um, over the period of time, it was that went that two we went to three, to four, to five. In 2015, I built a. I had a um, like on the, on the side of my house. I had like a carport, so I enclosed that and I, enclosed, I took it back shed out the way and, and I made myself into a little, a little uh, like a granny flat, but it was a gym. Hmm. And so then I started having three or four mates over, um, and then up until about 2018, that turned to about 15 blokes were coming to my gym each day on different. Like just walk up the side of my house, and I just say, "I'm open the side gate and go for your life." The the programs on the board just so in the end I'd, I'd have blokes from all walks of life walking up the you know, up my driveway to go to the gym. <laughs> my gym. So the next obviously port of call would be to to try and do something as far as you know making a gym in. The, the, the product I've got now m g active is nothing like I envisaged I, was, I remember
1: it was, when w- it was wild panther fitness i remember had, when you yes, you, yes wild yes, panther fitness the, it was a dollar a day and you would just post the program each day
0: yep yeah and we had uh, at, at that stage we had about twelve hundred subscribers subscribers so um from all walks of life it was you know it was it was yeah me and a mate called Louis started that off and um that's that's a good memory and <laughs> um So I was then in 2019 while we were on the rush hour. I was looking for a place, a a place to lease to Mm -hmm. set up a gym, and um, finally found one in in York Road in Penrith. And um, I had my cert three, and I was I was halfway through my cert four, and um, found the place. Then I thought, okay, you know, opening day was signing up day. I thought we'd get probably majority of the people who would sign on. Ninety percent would be. Blokes around our age or a bit younger, but the most would be male. Um, the one thing I would changed in the gym that I never thought I would was I took the mirrors away. I didn't put mirrors in the in the gym, so I think straight away it, it, those that hadn't been to gyms before walked into my gym and, and thought, okay, there's nowhere, there's no one there looking at themselves and posing, or there's no free weights. It's all classes. So yeah, so it's the the the, the way it's transpired now compared to what I thought was going to be so different, but. You know, you're right. Logan and Montana run most of it. On um, you know,
1: was that the plan? Was it always the plan that you would build this and it's something you you know it would become a family business? Is that what you had envisaged?
0: I think I think I'd, oh, I oh I hope for that to happen. But Montana and Logan were both working different jobs when I started the gym when I when I was building it. Um, so I said the logs first. I said you, like, I need someone to help me run this. So. He was working as with with Maverick um on the roofs with his mate at DMR, um, doing roofing. And he said, Yep, I'll start doing my cert three, cert four. He finished them, so we opened the gym together. So me and Legs started and not long after Montana done hers as well, cert three, cert four and um now it's it's you know, Legs does the most of the morning classes. Montana does one of the morning classes, plus um, the, the nine thirty class every day, and then the afternoon they share between them. So, um, yeah, the, the way that they've the way they've taken my my dream and just run with it, and, and actually taken it to a place where I never could have. You know, they've they've been just so so good with it. They're they're so personable. Um, they're just, and that's that's we spoke about pride before. That's that's mm-hmm. when I really I, with my kids. Um, I used to get a lot of pride in them excelling at. Sport or going great at school, but when they find their own niche and they're really good at it in life, that's that's all you ask for as a father. That's all as a dad. That's yeah. all you. That's all you can ask for. And you know, kind of deep down, here I'm at fifty-four. That my job is almost done. You know that I've 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 set them on the path that now that you know they're they're old enough and and um, skillful enough to make sure that they set themselves up for life. So that's that's where I get a lot of pride from as well.
1: And and so you should and. I'm hearing I'm, I'm sort of pulling threads back in from other episodes earlier on in this podcast. When you first spoke about you wanted your house to be the place everyone came with the kids. You wanted if the kids wanted to have a party, you wanted to come yeah. there. And then and then you created that for your mates with the gym. It yeah. didn't matter if you were there or not. You wanted your place in Penrith to be the place people came. And now you've taken that mentality and that uh, you know thought and applied it to your gym in that. Your gym is where you didn't want to force it on your kids, but you wanted them to be there, and, and now two of them have embraced it, and um, it's the the values that we've talked about and we've, we've discovered about you throughout this this podcast series are continuing. You, they are still your values, and it's a bit like what Jamie Angel, your former boss at Triple M, spoke about in the last episode, the idea that you're a person of the people and that there's no bullshit and and you are who you are and you don't change for 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 the needs of other people and and you still have that now in in your gym and uh, that's the other mg you're a small business owner i mean yeah the, uh, that's fast becoming a big bloody business but
0: who happened his gym uh, <laughs> to two, two uh eight weeks before the pan, the first pandemic <laughs> so it was hard going on. So straight away they had to adapt and go online, and yeah, and and I get, I I feel the pain. I feel the pain of, you know, people the building in the building sector in particular out there at the moment who are finding materials hard to come by. And but I, I, I yeah, I, I'm a mm. small business owner, but I'm 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 more of a you know, what you just said was was it resonates. It almost, now everyone who walks in the gym, they don't think they're going to a gym. They think they're part of a movement, part of a family, part of a club. As a community of a community and that's yep. the biggest tick of approval I can give myself and, my and I think
1: I think if the if the somehow the the community of Penrith could give you a a physical tick like you have to pay for on Twitter these days you would get it in a heartbeat because it's not just obviously what you've done for the football club <laughs> uh, what you've done uh, with your your business now but all the community activities the, the the great walk that you do every year you are you are just a part of that you're a part of that community that uh is is continues to leave a mark now we, you've got you've got a message to your your 27 year old or 26 year old self about the mm. the what the years to come that we, you're going to provide in a moment but let's talk about the future because who knows we might be doing another one of these in 27 years time
0: <laughs> what's that 54 64
1: 74 this will be good. 71
0: Almost. Seven, I'll be 71, will I? Or will we no, either? you'll be 81.
1: You got there. But that's the sorry. thing. I 81. knew what you meant. It's, yeah, it's the same yes. thing. Uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, well, that's, getting, that's getting there. So, now, MG, when we started this recording, your plans for 2023 were very much under wraps, very much uh, hidden away. But now the secret is out. You will be returning to Brecky Radio in 2023 alongside the one and only Mick Malloy breakfast with Mick and MG yes uh,
0: it's a whirlwind again the media <laughs> you just just when you think you've seen it all um, think again because I didn't think I'd be ever working in breakfast radio with uh, Mick Malloy who I regard as radio royalty and uh, in about a week's time it starts cannot wait um, been doing a couple of sessions with Mick I've, got, I've been down to Victoria been to his pubs been a up. haven't got him to my gym yet, but I'm working on that. Um, But yeah, look, it's going to be fun. He's a funny, funny man. um, And I can't wait to share some stories with him.
1: And I believe, because obviously with you two in the studio, I believe that there will be some, uh, uh, I guess, I don't want to be too harsh on you two, but there will be a a mature adult brain joining you for parts of the show as well in the form of uh, the very uh, capable and qualified journalist, Natasha Belling.
0: Yes. Yes. The rose between two thorns, you could say. And um, I've long known her. I've long known Natasha. For, and uh, I did a story when she first started in the media on um, Cockle back in about 2004, 2005. And I was an ambassador for it. Um, and yeah, so our relationship goes back a long, long time. And I, I, I love the way she reports. I love the way she presents. And I think she's going to have a great input into the show.
1: Mm. Well, it's, it's reassuring for the rest of us to know there will be an adult in the room with you yeah. and Mick. I think they're going to say they need
0: filters on the cameras when they film us. That's all, like a, yeah. a softening like a softening filter for us.
1: Tash maybe. is cheeky too. Tash, yes, I've worked a little bit in the last 12 months with Tash on on Pricey's show Australia Today, and Tash has got a cheeky side to her as well, so I look forward to hearing you and Mick uh, extract that out of it. How exciting. This is incredible. You talk about Mick Malloy, he's an icon of Triple M and, and Australian radio, and, and you get to you get to spend the mornings with him for next year. How good? Yeah, great.
0: I, I'm really looking forward to it. Now that mm-hmm. we've had, set, um, had six weeks off, I'm ready to get ready to get back into action. And footy All season is right. around the corner. Um, I suppose Mick's a Melbourne supporter. I haven't really asked him. I suppose he'd be oh, a yeah. Melbourne Storm supporter, but maybe we've got to find him a Sydney club. What do you
1: reckon? Well, you just let him be. Let Mick be Mick. I think Mick will Mate. find his way. Actually, which Sydney, Sydney with, club it, would he be it, suited it, to? It, do you think? He's a diehard Tigers supporter in the AFL. Maybe maybe he could pick up on the West Tigers at their at their the bottom. Like, you know, get on board the Tigers while they're at the arse end of the ladder and enjoy the climb. I like that. I, like, I think Lee hedget would like it as well. Yeah, Timmy Sheens. I feel like Tim and Mick would get along. Well, there it is, Breakfast with Mick and MG on Triple M in 2023. That is a show you are going to want to uh, make sure you subscribe to on the Listener app as well, L-A-S-T-N-R. Make sure you favourite that podcast feed so you never miss a moment of what will be an absolutely ripping show. All right, MG, so that's the now. What about the next 27 years? What are the hopes and dreams for the future of Mark Guy?
0: Well I I I'd like it to go so the first 26 were pretty up and down and volatile um the next 26 and 27 were kind of met with heartache that followed by um breathtaking relief of of fatherhood um and of 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 being content so if I can find a happy medium for the next 27 I'll be happy just uh, I'd like to be I'd like to settle down um, at the star of the sea in Terrigal, in, in one of their their units. Um,
1: do you think that's where you end up? You love that place. I love it there. I don't know. Oh, I,
0: I I I love going there. I don't know. If, I don't know about living there. Um, I go there twice a year, and and, and always say to myself, oh, I I could just do this forever.
1: Um, but I can't see it, you away from Penrith, and and I, I don't either. mean <laughs> that in a, but I like, and I think Terrigal will always be your holiday home. I think it's where you know you. I know you love to to go and that's your downtime there. But yeah. I think and I think people who've listened to this have can probably tell that you are Penrith. Like it is just the everything you've done throughout your life, I can't your roots run so deep in that town. I, I just can't see you pulling them up just for, for a bit of beach time in Terra. No. No, you're
0: right. It's it's always be careful what you wish for because it's usually not um as as you know the 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 community in Penrith is what I what I love about it. I, I'm, and that's what's happened through the gym. I'm meeting different friends, and and when you have five kids, you have diff, you have five sets of friends with them kids, <laughs> and you also have your own friends, and all of them in, all of them are in Penrith. So I'd be silly to go. My my parents, you know, they're getting on a bit. They're, Dad's mid seventies now. Mum's you know early seventies. Um, they're up the Central Coast. Got my two sisters up there. I have got my brother who lives at the Gold Coast. Um, but yeah, my family, wherever they are, I'll be, I won't be far away. And if it means living where I am at the moment in the compound in Penrith and maybe subdividing the house and (laughs) saying, me and mum will take upstairs and you kids can have downstairs or something, (laughs) I don't know. But what um, about,
1: what about the future of, of the sport that you credit for, for giving you everything? What about the future of rugby league? Where do you think the game's at? And if you can sort of forecast ahead as best you could, you know we're, in, we're coming up on season 2023, where your Panthers will be the defending premiers. Uh, the growth of the international game—we've just witnessed a World Cup where Samoa made it a first-ever grand final—and and the growth, you know, players like yep. Jerome Luai and Stephen Crichton and and Joseph Suwali. These guys are are, are making it a a global game and and we're seeing expansion we're about to start a season for the first time where there's 17 teams with the dolphins coming in what what do you see the sport heading
0: look in 20 years time so i retired in, in 2000 and we had maybe seven or if that 4 or 5% of the rugby league players were polynesian 52% these days are in the nrl oh. uh, in 20 years time it's they they're the, they're the future they're the, they're the beast they're they're this they're the Samoans that we saw you know they're the they're the future. If we can if we can give more test matches to the Tongans and the Samoans and the New Guineas and the Fijis of the world, and we make our origin more uh, just as pure as it always has been, um, oh, I, I think it's going to be something really special to watch. I think it's going to be one of them things where uh, the women's game is going from strength to
1: strength. Um, Best female sporting competition that's not netball in the country.
0: I, th- I think so. I, I really, I, I think it's and it's getting better every year. I think yeah. the, the, the 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 builds of the athletes, with all due respect, are, are more muscly now. They're more con- conducive with rugby league. Mm. I mean, you, you their, look their at the IQ de- is unbelievable. They they they're passing. They're deaf passing. They're defensive. There's no wrestle at, at the moment in, in and I think that's why it's so pure. Mm. The women the women's game. But you see some of these girls now, and then they can tell they've been doing their. Because they've got extra time to do you know, leg weights and then and mm-hmm. and, and chest press and, and and shoulder press and it's just it's just the the involvement of this game is happening so quick. Rugby league too. I was a big. I was one of the biggest guys in the competition when I played. Um, so I was six foot five and about one hundred and twelve kilos when I retired. Now that is that's some some wingers are that big. <laughs> Some wingers these days are that big, you know. It's Daniel Tupu, six foot six and one hundred and seven kilos. I mean, it's, Mike Acevo. Mike Acevo is one hundred and six kilos and built like a brick shithouse. So it's the, the game is evolving. We, as long as we don't put too many rules and regulations. I know we put a couple in over COVID because we had to, like the six to go and the, the captain's challenge. And the, I, I'd like to see that relaxed a bit. I'd like to see let the athletes be athletes. Um, go back to a little bit of a, a time when the game was a little bit more pure. And you had to really rely on attrition to win games, not just to not just to be the biggest and the strongest. Um, so I still think that happens to a certain degree, but I think at the moment we're seeing teams like Penrith, who have been together for so long, teams have got to invest in their youth. Hmm. They've got to invest in their youth. Most teams now have got a centre of excellence. They've got to start having their teams working out of them, the, the junior teams working there and... Um, doing all their weights, and then they can see within an eye shot the first grade team training, and they've got to have realist, realistic goals. And as soon as they realise that, that that they can do it, uh, rugby league is. I'd love to see it on a global scale. I really would. Within you know the twenty thirty years, I'd love to see it be playing overseas and in America, and I'd love to see these World Cups get even bigger. And I think it's going to be. Um, I think I think just I think COVID put a real big fo- uh, a big footprint on on our back of our heads
1: for a couple of years, but. You can feel that starting to lift, can't you? The momentum's starting to come back to the game, yeah. and and your voice now is, is as relevant to the sport. And I've said it before, but the respect with which the uh, even this new generation of players coming through MG know who you are, know what you did, know what you're about. And you can hear it whenever you speak to them um, on, on radio or in person or at these sportsmen's lunches. There is a real reverence for you. As a as a footballer, and now I think as a media pundit by the um, by the current crop of athletes, and that is a sign of of the legacy that you have built for yourself in in media and, and in the sport of rugby league. Now, at the end of rugby league, rebel the Mark Giles story, you you wrote a message to yourself. You wrote yeah, um, you know you, you offered some words of advice to a younger MG. Now, we're going to try and repeat that, where it's a, uh, instead of 26-year-old MG offering advice to a teenage MG, now we're, we've we got middle-age MG offering advice to 26-year-old, 27-year-old MG, who's about to embark on a on the next stage of his career with the Western Reds. So I'll hand it over to you to, to pass on this this bit of advice to to your younger self.
0: Okay, dear MG, I know the past couple of years haven't been great. In fact, they've been a fucking disaster. But you have to know this it does get better. Another understatement. In fact, the next 27 years, you could not have asked them to have been any better. Sure, you think this is total bullshit given the current state you find yourself in, but trust me, very soon your life will change dramatically for the better. You'll have five healthy kids, a wife that isn't just your soulmate, she's your best friend, your confidant, your life. You'll start to love rugby league again, and without giving too much away, a reunion of sorts is just around the corner. As for life after footy, I'll give you a couple of pieces of advice. Don't say no to anything that may come your way in the media. Be honest, transparent and trustworthy. And above all, remember this. To whom much that has been given, much is expected. That might not mean anything to you now, but it will carry with you for the next 28 years of your life. NMG, when you start to go bald, which you will, just fucking own it. Don't wear a fucking wig. You look pretty cool as a nude nut. (laughs) Looking forward to catching up with you in 2022. And remember, stay random.